Joining us now, he is the director of risk and trading for FanDuel Sportsbook. John Sheeran joins us. John, welcome hey, into the John. golf shop. John, welcome into the golf shop. Are you there, John? Can you hear us now? I'm here, guys. There we hey, go. Man. What's going on, my man? Can you hear me, yeah? Yeah. What's going on? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, we were just sitting here talking uh, talking about some of the things over the years that we've seen and looking up some of these odds. Uh, I'm looking at some of the U.S. Open odds. I, I got to ask you out of the gate here. Um you know, Maddie and I both, we made our picks today, and, you know, we took some chalk. He's got uh, Dustin and Justin, and I've got Morikawa and uh, Xander and Xander Shoffley. Those are all guys in the top seven in the world. But we also have to pick kind of a, a wild card, a dark horse, if you will. And uh, surprisingly enough, we both went with Ben Ahn. Um, if somebody like Ben Ahn wins the U.S. Open, a, a longer shot, I mean, what does that do financially? What does that cost you guys uh, from a uh, from a sports book, uh, you know, purpose? Um, to be honest, somebody like Ben Ahn would be a really good result. I mean, you know, people that have a huge interest in golf follow Ben Ahn. Obviously, know kind of what courses suit him. But in general, what you'll see is. The vast majority of the money is taken on the favourites, right? That's why they're the favourites and the shortest odds. Sure. Um, as well as some of the outsiders like um, Phil Mickelson or American golfers in particular, what we see um, a lot of a lot of money migrating towards. So if we get an international winner that's a relative outsider, you can pretty much guarantee I'll be smiling on Sunday evening. <laughs> All right. So we know we we heard this week that somebody dropped forty five grand on Phil to win. My, I, I joke that hopefully that the guy also bought a Callaway driver because he'll get it for free if <laughs> Phil wins. Um, you know, is it, who's the action on right now for the U.S. Open? Um, I mean, right now our biggest liability is probably on Phil. Um, you know, he's eighty to one with us. I believe the bet that was placed was a forty-five grand bet. Like you said, pretty crazy to place a bet like that at seventy-five to one when FanDuel are eighty to one. Uh, if Phil Mickelson was to go on and win, that difference costs you about a quarter of a million dollars so, uh, if i was placing a bet of that size you can be damn sure i'd be looking for the biggest price available and like i said you know we're five points bigger at 80 to one so he's probably i'm just looking in the field book now he's about four times our biggest liability right now although you know he, he probably will be one of the biggest ones but i would expect you know our exposure to phil mickelson come um, Thursday morning to be somewhere in the region of seven figures. Mm. Um, Justin Thomas is the second one. Xander Schauffele has been really well supported at 14 to 1. Uh, and one of the bigger outsiders that I see uh, some interest in is Max Homa. He's uh, 420 wow. to 1, and he's our fourth worst result right now. Interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought Max Homa. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's always interesting. I mean, but, you know, on the other side of that is we have this, uh, the Paynes Valley thing coming up. Um, you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of bets that we can make on this, isn't there, when you have something uh, that's an event like this? Yeah, I mean, we learned from the match um, earlier this year, and I, I know it was in lockdown, and, you know, there wasn't a lot of sports on, and therefore there was huge focus on that. Um, that there's huge demand for a lot of the opportunities that events like that bring where you've got dedicated coverage, you see every shot. Obviously, we know on the PGA Tour there's, you know, a bias towards the likes of Tiger and towards the guys at the leader at the top of the leaderboard. 
And sometimes bettors just want to bet on their favorite golfer or see a certain group and, and bet on that. And with the exhibition-type events for charity this year, um, we've had that opportunity to kind of give bettors a lot of a diverse choice and bet on, you know, whether their drives will end up in the fairway or in the rough or in bunkers or in water, uh, who'll hit it closest to the pin on the par threes, if they'll be able to reach some of the longer par fives in two shots. Uh, and people really engage with that stuff because, you know, you're, you're seeing, like I said, the dedicated coverage and you're getting to see every shot and you're invested in every single shot that's being hit. And, and I think that's why golf is a kind of a unique betting opportunity and, um, I think lockdown actually, you know, brought a lot of opportunity for it to be um, associated with betting and put in front of a lot more sports fans' eyeballs than would have been previously the case. And I think fundamentally, it's good for us as a betting company, um, but it's also good for the sport in, in terms of attracting new fans too. Yeah, I mean, uh, how, uh, how much do you bet for Tom Brady to hole out from the from, yeah, the, right. from the fairway uh, for eagle on a shot? I mean, stuff like that. I mean, what kind of what kind of bet do you have to put, and and you know what kind of uh, you know, and what is the time frame that you yeah. can make that bet? You know, is it while he's in the fairway and hadn't picked a club? I mean, how close can you be to to, to do a bet similar to what Phil did? Um, or is well, it, or is Tom it done Brady's way before, shot, John? Tom Brady's shot would have been, I guess. I, I think you could give him a thousand golf balls, and that's probably the only one he holds. Yes, so of course. I would have thought he would have been like a thousand to one to hold that shot, and you know, particularly the way he was playing actually that day. If you remember, he oh, played he... pretty terribly to <laughs> that point. <laughs> Until that point, right? And so it was even more incredible from that perspective. Um, on events, you know, our biggest challenge is, is latency, right? So you know, we need a fair degree of confidence that what we're seeing on the pictures are in real time. And, and I think we get that with the dedicated charity events. So, you know, more often than not on the PGA Tour, if we have betting on the next hole, we usually close it uh, when they're leaving the green because we don't, we're not entirely sure how accurate and how close the pictures are to uh, what we're offering. And obviously people on the course now in New Jersey, for example, the Northern Trust last year was the first opportunity people had to walk around with a mobile phone outside the ropes and bet as the players were hitting shots. Wow. So, you know, we, we need to protect ourselves from that perspective. Yeah. Um, but on a dedicated um, coverage like we will see uh, on the 22nd, you know, my hope is that it's close enough that it allows us to bet on a hole after they hit their drives, for example, and we can reassess and understand, you know, what, what their scores are likely to be. But more often than not, that's a bit of a challenge on the PGA Tour, particularly when we discuss you know, the coverage and how it's biased towards the leaders. And you only really see, you know, other players if they hit incredible shots. So uh, that's a challenge. And normally, like I said, we suspend it on the hole previous. or so when they're finishing up on the green, the next hole will be suspended. So you're kind of betting two holes in advance. Mm, gotcha. Again, we're talking with uh, FanDuel's John Sheeran. And John, you know, we, we, we saw Brooks Kepka withdraw this week. First off, how does that get handled if people had uh, put, put U.S. Open money yeah. on him? And secondly... You know, we know in most sports, uh, NFL, college football, not maybe not quite as much, but we, we get injury reports. We see who's going to play, who's questionable, all that stuff. In golf, we're not necessarily seeing that. I mean, we don't know, you know, especially with Tiger, Tiger, you know, not necessarily giving us what his injuries are. These guys are independent contractors. Uh, how does that play out? How does it work? Number one, do we get the money back on Brooks when he withdraws and, you know, 
how does that imp- you know how does it go forward with setting odds for somebody because we don't know maybe if Brooks had a knee scoped again we don't know if he's rehabbing it again with that knee we don't know the extent of that injury and we may not know it until maybe the week before the Masters if he's playing or not yeah exactly I mean look very simply um, if you've had a, a, a future on a golfer and he doesn't tee off on the first hole on the first day. Uh, you get you get your money back, so okay. it's kind of risk free from that perspective. Um, in terms of the news, obviously it's less important because it's you know, you know it's it's less of an of, a, of an impactful sport, I guess, right? And there's less reason to expect injury. I guess the bookmaker and the and the better are kind of in the same darkness, if you will, where you know we can't really be across every individual player's health status and. You know, we kind of rely on social media like the betters do in terms of getting, you know, official commentators to give us a feel or, you know, honesty from players as well, which is what happens. Um, so, you know, fundamentally at the bottom of it, we want to be as fair to betters as we can. So we actually introduced a rule this, this year, um, obviously given the current landscape with the virus, um, we introduced a rule where if any player withdrew, in a tournament, which would normally lead to a bet being uh, graded as a as a loser, we introduced a rule this year where if anybody withdrew after a positive COVID test, that we would avoid all of those bets because okay. we felt it was unfair to win in that scenario. Yeah. And you know, it's a good example of how we try to be. You know, there's always this you know age old idea that the bookmaker is the enemy and and you're trying to win money off us, and that's of course true, but. The truth is we want everybody to have a good experience and losing in that manner just didn't feel right to us. So, yeah. you know, we went to all of the regulators in the states that we operate in and, and we spoke to them about it and explained why we wanted to do it. And even though it wasn't in accordance with our rules, they all agreed given the current landscape, it was the right thing to do. So okay. we'll carry that forward in golf for sure. I think it's one of the sports where, you know, regardless of your score, I think it's impossible for us to know if the players are are carrying the virus and therefore maybe feeling unwell and, um, we felt like that was the right way to approach it. So it's a good example of, of you know, how we try to make sure the betters get a fair deal when betting on golf. Hmm. John, so let's, uh, you know, I, I'm a novice gambler. Uh, in fact, I only gamble on the golf course based on whom I'm playing with or against. Say that I want to go into fantasy football, and I don't know a whole lot about fantasy football, but is, is can FanDuel help me make decisions on a player I might want to get or a series of players that are available when my pick comes up. I th- I'm assuming that's how it works. Uh, is there some something you guys have that, that I can get knowledgeable about pretty quickly to make a pick like that? Absolutely. I okay. mean, fantasy, you know, we appreciate that not everybody that wants to play is an, ac- is an absolute expert. And, you know, I think we've worked very hard over the last few years, particularly in the fantasy uh, element of, of FanDuel, to help make uh, players make better choices and educate them. And, and I think that's the biggest challenge with, with DFS, for example, where you have, you know, you know that there are elite players and you know that your friend might be a complete expert and spends all of his time researching and getting ready. And then it's your pick. And you're not really that interested in football, but you want to participate from the social perspective. And there's lots of, of help elements to the website a lot of documentation out there and even some of the picks are, are kind of suggested and you can actually get help from the site to make better picks and okay. therefore kind of build better teams and be more competitive, which is, you know, fundamentally what where we all want to be when we enter these things. So yeah, the answer is, is very much yes. We're trying to make 
the novice more educated and make better decisions, and we give that help on the site as well. Yeah, and before we let you go, John, I mean that that breaks the you know the point. You know, you you go to Vegas, for instance. You go to Vegas. You go to the strip. You go to the you know let's say the craps tables, and you know they're they're there and they they try and help you and they help you. You know, if you're new to it, they help you. You know, put the money down, put it in the right spots, kind of talk you through it because they, you know what, in all honesty, they want you to. Make some money sometimes. Obviously, the casinos want their money, and, and they want to win the money, and the house usually wins uh, more often than not. But they, they want to help you. They want you to have a good experience. So um, from your perspective, when people go online and they have all these options to choose, whether it's futures, whether it's you know a shot in a golf course, what do you feel like for somebody that wants to start doing this? What's the best option for them to get started, and, and what are kind of the things that they should look at to, to start putting money down on? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Uh, you know, I'm probably not the right person to give everybody betting advice, but um, given that I'm the other side of the table. But, you know, from my perspective, I really love all of our player markets. So we offer, you know, betting opportunities in football, in NBA, uh, in MLB and in hockey that really uh, evolve around the performance of individual players. So if words like spread or money line frighten you too much, then, you know, you can bet on Patrick Mahomes passing yards on Thursday night, for example, and you can, you know, bet the over or the under. It's very simply posted at a number and you take one side or the other and you have involvement in every single time he has the ball in his hands. And, you know, invariably, um, I really like those markets because they, you know, last uh, the vast majority of the game one way or the other rather than, you know, if you're on a spread and you're on the wrong side and you're down three touchdowns, you feel like your bet is over already and the rest of the games kind of doesn't really matter to you. Whereas, you know, player props themselves kind of are built in such a way that they allow you to be involved in the entirety of the game, not necessarily around the score, but more around the individual performance of the player. And I really like those. And I think they're really easy for uh, betters to kind of get accustomed to and have that route um, or, or, you know, cheer on their bets throughout the entirety of the game. And, for me, they're really a good starting point for people who are looking to get, you know, some action down on games and they want, you know, maybe don't want to go to checking out what the scoring average of the Chiefs against the Texans has been for the last five years, for example. <laughs> yeah. Well, John, we appreciate you coming on, dropping a little bit of knowledge on us. Uh, thanks a lot and have a good one. Great. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, John. All right. Thanks a lot. And that's uh, John Sheeran, Director, Risk and Trading with FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel.com. Head out there. Check it out. Brought to you.